Well, there's another kind of overtalk that hinders relationships, and that's self-centered speech. An abundance of self-centered speech is a common type of overtalk. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2, refers to this when it says, Let another praise you, and not your own mouth. A stranger, and not your own lips. When you're involved in conversation with other people, the topic of conversation revolves around this person. They just talk about themselves, about their problems, their pains, their successes, their acquisitions, their victories, their training. And so 95% of the conversation is about me. That's about me talk. Initially, they may have some interesting stories to tell, and people may be attracted to listen to those stories. But after a while, others recognize how self-centered that person is. Their relationship with others, as a result, remains superficial and awkward. It's difficult to get close to this person because they're all wrapped up in themselves. It's not good to eat too much honey, the Bible says, nor honorable to seek one's own honor. That's Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 27. So we have these different forms of overtalk, which if it they are practiced too much, they will certainly affect family relationships. Well, what are some of the reasons for overtalk? Why do people overtalk? Why do they become habituated to overtalk? And one reason is pride, excessive talk, may reflect a desire to stand in the spotlight, bragging, monopolizing conversation, and gossiping are ways of projecting self. When someone listens carefully to another person without interruption or allowing his mind to drift, He manifests respect for the other person. Sometimes listening takes humility because the limelight is on someone else. Conversely, when a person dominates a conversation, it's as if that person were saying, I deserve to have everyone listen to me. I'm the only one who has anything worthwhile to say. I am important. I am so knowledgeable and so interesting that I should do most, if not all, of the talking. And so one of the reasons for overtalk is pride, self-centeredness. And then another reason is just plain selfishness. The Bible says where there is pride, there is also selfishness. One overtalker I know is an expert at maneuvering all the conversations in his family to his agenda. 
Though pretending to be interested in his wife's or children's point of view, in practice, he either stifles what they have to say or brushes it aside as worthless. He's a vivid illustration of the fool who does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2. His style of communication in the home is a flagrant violation of the scriptural admonition, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. That's Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Some people overtalk because they're afraid of silence. They think that silence is bad, and therefore any pauses in conversation make them very afraid, a form of fear at least. They become anxious. They think that it's their responsibility to keep the conversation going. They think that if they don't keep the conversation going, people will think they're stupid. They talk about whatever comes to their mind, regardless of whether it's worthwhile or not, or whether it's true or not. They just talk on and on, monopolizing the conversation. Now, this may be a complaint about personal problems. They may grouse about the problems of others or of the world. Sometimes their overtalk takes the form of gossip. Generally, their verbal meandering runs in a negative tone. They seem to be experts at doing what the Bible describes in Proverbs 16, verse 27. Experts at digging up evil and finding fault. They relieve their social anxiety by talking selfishly, putting others down or talking about themselves. Their incessant talking is a symptom of a deeper problem. Lonely people frequently become over-talkers. That was certainly true of Mary. Her relationship with her husband had always been superficial, though she desired genuine companionship with him. She wanted them to be co-heirs of the grace of life. She wanted them to practice communication. She wanted it to be real. And so she would talk about almost everything or anything in terms of uh, doing what she thought would build up a relationship. And so her husband went to work and came home, ate supper, watched television, and went to bed. The next day was the same routine. 
And Mary was dissatisfied with that. Her dissatisfaction began early in their marriage. Wanting her husband to become her friend, she wondered how she could close the gap between them and overcome her loneliness. Mary tried to dissolve their problems with words. She talked at the dinner table or she talked wherever and whenever they were, where they were. She tried to close the gap with words. When he was trying to watch television, she talked. When they were riding in the car, she talked. At first, her husband seemed to give her some attention, but soon he merely tolerated her. Continuous talking caused him to tune her out. And so not knowing what else to do, Mary just turned up the volume in an unsuccessful attempt to overcome her loneliness. So overtalkers are often products of their past training. If one or both parents jabbered constantly, their child could become a babbler merely by following their example. It may be that it never occurred to him that he was forming a bad habit. Following his chief role models, his prattling on and on had become a second nature. Habit is something we do unconsciously. When many Counselees are surprised when I point out habits such as overtalking in their behavior. In one situation, a wife and her children were being verbally abused by her husband. He constantly pressured them, seemingly wanting to make clones of himself. Yet he could not understand why she wanted to take the children and leave. He gave illustration after illustration of of how he had tried to be loving and considerate. He thought he was always willing to listen to his wife. He would seldom if ever do anything without her agreement. He couldn't comprehend why she felt that she and the children were being abused. He deeply loved them and All he wanted, so he said, was to have a biblical home. Well, during our counseling sessions, I observed him practicing several forms of overtalk, including defensive speech and badgering. He could justify everything he did that might appear unbiblical or selfish. When a difference of opinion arose, he would plead for the opportunity to explain his position over and over in hopes that he would bring 
the rest of us to his perspective. At times, he would manifest anger at being misunderstood. At other times, he would actually beg for agreement with his perspective, though unquestionably he was an overtalker. He was blind to his habit. When I first pointed it out to him, he was incredulous. He just couldn't understand what I was talking about. I had him tape some of their conversations and then listen to those conversations over a period of weeks. He finally became aware of what he was doing, acknowledged it, and agreed to change his destructive practice. Not everyone who admits to being an overtalker recognizes how damaging that practice can be. This man did after a period of time, and I was able to work with him on reversing the negative impact his habit had on his family. Poor listening may be another reason for overtalk. It may precipitate overtalk. The scenario played out in many homes is that a poor listener encourages other family members to nag. If a wife were sure her husband listened to her message the first time, she wouldn't need to repeat it. Well, that doesn't excuse her nagging because the Bible forbids such talk. But it does explain the tendency of one person to overcompensate for another person's inattentiveness by piling up words. So one way to deal with overtalking is to listen carefully the first time so that they don't have to repeat themselves. Poor listening can be an encouragement to overtalk, especially going over the same theme again and again. Excessive talking may also be used as a controlling mechanism. Some people think that if they allow you to talk, they lose control. You may introduce a subject they know nothing about or ask a question that makes them feel uncomfortable. To prevent that, they talk so much that no one else has a chance to take the conversation center and to direct what you're going to talk about. And so they feel they're in safe waters if they control the conversation and if they are really the one who is dominating. Perhaps a wife is afraid that her husband wants to talk about certain issues that she'd rather not talk about. Things like finances or sex or child discipline. She thinks that discussing them is too painful and will only cause more problems. So when she fears that the discussion may go to one of these topics, she seizes control of the conversation 
and directs the conversation elsewhere. She seizes control so that her husband can't introduce the dreaded subject. Her overtalk is a protective device, a diversion that helps her to control which issues she has to face. And then here are some suggestions for overcoming overtalk. Because overtalk is a serious hindrance to building your family God's way, it is extremely important to take action to overcome it. And so I want to make a few practical suggestions for dealing with this problem. Number one, evaluate whether you have the problem of overtalk. Review the different forms of overtalk that I've mentioned thus far in this podcast. Use the rating inventory found in the application section at the end of this podcast. Assess your overtalk quotient. Be honest in acknowledging whether you have the problem. List the kinds of overtalk that you are most prone to fall into. And then ask other people to evaluate you. In many instances, you won't recognize that you're an overtalker. But other people will. Ask your spouse or children if they think you overtalk in any of the ways delineated earlier on this podcast. Insist that they be honest with you and encourage them not to just say you're wonderful. If you really want to become a better Christian and a more productive individual, find some close friends who are really going to level with you and ask them, if they think you're an overtalker in any of the ways we previously discussed in this podcast. Remember, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. as Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6. And if you discover there are ways in which you're guilty of overtalking, make it a matter of prayer. Pray with the psalmist in Psalm 19 and verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Psalm 141 and verse 3. Those are good petitions for you to pray. If it's true, as James says, that no one can tame the tongue, well, you need to realize, James 3 and verse 8 says that, no one can tame the tongue. What no man can do, God can do. Nothing is too difficult for you, O God. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17 says, The fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. That's Galatians 5, verse 22. With God, all things are possible. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. 
By his grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God who has redeemed you through the cross of Jesus Christ can help you to conquer the problems of overtalk and its underlying causes. And then also seek to identify the reasons behind your behavior, your overtalk. As we have seen, overtalk is often a symptom of more significant issues. To overcome it, you must deal with the overtalk on more than a behavioral level. You must identify the cause. And when you've identified the cause of your overtalk, any of the things that I previously mentioned, study the scriptures to discover God's way of resolving the underlying difficulty. There's a biblical solution for any of the reasons behind your overtalk. Remember, no temptation or situation or problem has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but will with the temptation provide the way of escape. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. In our union with Jesus Christ, in his word, we have many precious promises. And through those promises, we can overcome. In our union with Jesus Christ and in his Precious promises found in the Bible. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Everything certainly includes the ability to overcome overtalk. And then to overcome overtalk, select and become familiar with Scripture at specifically deals with overtalk and the reasons you practice it. Some of the scripture that I quoted earlier in this podcast would be very appropriate. Go back over the podcast, write down the scripture verses, look them up, begin to memorize them, ask God to help you to put them into practice in your lives, in your life. And then look for additional help in a Bible concordance. You'll find many wonderful references in my book, A Homework Manual for Biblical Living, Volume 1, which is published by Presbyterian and Reformed Publishing House. Memorize relevant scripture. Let the Bible richly dwell within you. Memorize that scripture. Call it to mind when you're tempted to overtalk. At the end of the day, go back over the day and identify times when you were an overtalker. Remember, God's word has power. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says it has power. It's able to keep us from sin and cleanse our way. That's certainly the teaching of Psalm 119 verses 9 and 11, 
John 15 and verse 3, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you, is what the Lord Jesus said. John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth, and God's word is the instrument that God uses to sanctify us and to clean us up. I suggest you begin the day if you recognize you sometimes have the problem. Begin the day by reviewing relevant scripture. What were the scripture that you memorized? Remind yourself of your purpose to be more prudent in your speech and have checkpoints throughout the day when you go back over your morning or your afternoon and ask yourself, did I overtalk in any way? Was it at dinner or bedtime? Evaluate whether or not you have overtalked or whether you have been more godly in your conversation. If you find that you've overtalked, thank God for his forgiveness and for his help and renew your commitment to, with God's help, overcome the problem of overtalk. Ask God for his forgiveness, for his help. Renew your commitment. Make yourself accountable to other family members. That's suggested by Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. Perhaps you could work out a secret signal between you and your spouse to help you to control your tongue in public. And then to overcome the problem of overtalk, persevere in following the suggestions that I mentioned in this podcast. You must put off the destructive practice of overtalk and become trained in saying enough but not too much with other family members. First Timothy 4.7 says we need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Hebrews 5 and verse 14 says we need to practice the proper way of living and speaking so that that might become a habit for us. And then here are a few uh, application assignments. And you might do this as a family. So, study certain verses, and I'll mention some of those verses. And notice what they have to say about overtalk. Note the words that imply overtalk. Note also the forms of overtalk found in these verses. And notice also the impact that these verses suggest that they may have on others. Here are a few samples. Job chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, speaks of a multitude of words, speaks of a talkative man, It refers to defensive speech, which discourages others. And you protect yourself by overtalk. Job chapter 
11, verses 2 through 4. A multitude of words. And then Job chapter 19, verses 2 and 3, which is, How long? These ten times you have insulted me, is what the scripture says. It's referring to badgering speech. And the hearer feels tormented, insulted, wronged, hurt, and tempted to become angry. And then write down these verses and look at them yourself and then discuss them as a family. Apply them to yourself. Let others apply them to themselves as well. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 2. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 28. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 14. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verses 2 and 3. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verses 4 through 7. And then Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. So look at those passages. Maybe study them as a family. Reflect on the teaching of this podcast and answer these questions. What forms of overtalk are mentioned in this podcast? Review it. Are there other forms that you have observed? If there are other forms of overtalk that you've observed, describe them. And then also answer the question, discuss the question. What reasons for overtalk were mentioned in this podcast? Go back over them and see if any of those reasons for overtalk apply to you or any of the other members of the family. What do you think of the suggestions for overcoming overtalk? Can you make other suggestions? to overcome this destructive practice of overtalk, any of the forms of overtalk that we've described or perhaps some that you've noticed as well. What do you think of the suggestions for overcoming overtalk? Can you make other suggestions? Ask other members of the family. Think and talk about other ways of overcoming overtalk. And then use the following inventory to determine how often you practice forms of overtalk. Never, which would be four. Seldom would be three. Two would be sometimes. And one would be um, very seldom. So, Just examine your speech and perhaps let others identify their forms of overtalk as well. Let them do it. Don't you do it for them.
monopolizing speech where they monopolize the conversation. How do they do it? Why do they do it? Gossip is another form of overtalk. Does your family, do you practice gossip? And then we talked about defensive speech where they defend themselves. They can never or seldom admit that they've done anything wrong. Or we talked about the babbling mouth, the motor mouth speech, the person who gets on the topic and just goes on and on. And then badgering, just knocking other people down. And then we discuss situational overtalk, where you know something about a subject and so you can talk on and on about that subject. And then the overtalk comes in the form of self-centered speech. It says, let another man praise you and not your own mouth. Identify whether or not you're guilty of self-centered speech. And are, are there other forms of overtalk that you're aware of that you may practice or perhaps other members of the family? So identify these things. Acknowledge that you are guilty of them. Ask God for help and begin to work on the practice of overtalk to become more constructive in your conversation. And then one other thing that you may think about and discuss as a family, use the following inventory to evaluate any areas in which your family may practice overtalk. And is the quantity in these areas just right? Is it too much? What about spiritual issues? Or church? Or devotions? Or Bible truths? Or prayer? Or Christian service? Is your discussion about any of these issues proper? Too much? Too little? Spiritual issues? Church? Devotions? The messages you're hearing at the church, the Sunday school lessons you have heard, the Bible teaching that you received in your own devotions. Do you talk about those things? What about facts and information? What's happening in the world? What's happening in your community? What's happening at work? What's happening at school? Just facts and information which you may get from news reports or from the newspaper. And then what about ideas and opinions? Do you share ideas with one another? Do you share opinions? Is that done sufficiently or too much? And then the area of feelings. Do you share your feelings with one another? And are you honest with one another in those particular areas? What about desires or concerns or interests? Do you talk about the desires of other family members? What about your dreams or aspirations, things you would like to do, things you'd like to accomplish? What about finances or material things or purchases? Do you talk sufficiently about those things or very infrequently about those things? What about your, as a husband and wife, your savings and investments? Do you talk about your savings and investments? 
What about what's happening at work or what's happening at school? Are those matters for conversation? What about desires and likes and dislikes? Or proper conversation that is not gossip about friends? What about recreation or sports or vacations or relaxation? Do you talk about those things sufficiently or insufficiently? What about your joys? Do you know what the joys of the other family members are? Do they know what your joys are? What about victories and successes that different family members have experienced? What about sharing in the area of what you read or what you're studying or what you're learning or what you're hearing or what you're seeing? You talk about those things. These are issues to talk about, to discuss. And then there's the area of current events or even politics. Those are just different areas in which families may communicate. Now, go back over these and note the areas for which you think there is too much talk. And if you have any problem on a certain matter, seek to identify the reason behind, if there's overtalk, the reason behind overtalk, or seek to identify your reasons for undertalk in these areas. Is it pride? Selfishness, fear or anxiety, loneliness. Is it because of past training or habit? As I said, it certainly was true of me. We did very little talking in my home, the home in which I was raised. And then there's the area of poor listening. Are you a good listener? What about the area of a desire to control the topics. You don't want to talk about certain things and you don't need to talk about them if you're in control of what you talk about. So identify forms of overtalk in which you are prone to be involved. Identify any reasons behind the practice. Discuss with your husband or wife, and with your family, how you will implement the suggestions for overcoming overtalk, as we mentioned them in this podcast. And then add anything you think would be helpful. And then follow through on putting these suggestions into practice. So, enough is enough. And too much is too much. And so identify whether you converse on certain things too much, too little, and then identify why you do it and realize that overtalk in any of the forms that we previously mentioned in this podcast are destructive to family relationships. So find out what they are, get rid of them, If there's too little conversation, then you can learn. Thank God you can grow in that area. Because you failed in these areas previously doesn't mean 
you need to continue to fail. You must pray about it. Use the suggestions that I've made in these podcasts on communication and work on it, pray about it, and help each other in these areas so that your communication might be adequate, pleasing to God, and helpful to the whole family in terms of our relationship with God, in terms of our relationship with each other.